This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Awake energy is fresh, new, and present within us and within all of existence. When we are in contact with awake energy, we trust the goodness, wisdom, and spontaneity of our knowingness and beingness. We are aware that we interact with all of existence and are supported by a network of steady light and kindness through every experience. The ones we humanly term wonderful and the ones we humanly term terrible. We also understand that as we thrive in insight and caring, we support all beings in their insight, caring, success, and victory on all levels. If our perceptions have carried fear, obstruction, limitation, or have encouraged us to believe in the illusion of separateness, we heal those perceptions. We live in the fullness of the present moment, in overflowing pure love, wisdom, strength, courage, and confidence. We trust the beneficence of life here and now in our very bodies, hearts, minds, and lives, and in every moment and every time and place. We are in harmony with our own energy and so interact with the energy of other human beings with non-attachment and understanding, caring, and good humor. We do not expect our satisfaction to come from other humans acting in any predetermined way because we are aware that satisfaction is within us always. And then, naturally, the beauty and preciousness of all life will shine spontaneously in energy, consciousness, and openness, including through unprecedented kindness and gladness shared with other humans. Valeria interviews Swami Nityanda. She is a spiritual teacher and spiritual leader of Awake Yoga Meditation and author of Awake, the Yoga of Pure Awareness. Swami Nichianda became a student of Swami Shakranananda in 2010. Swami Shakranananda, who founded the Awake Yoga Meditation Community, immediately recognized her as his successor. He announced that publicly in 2013, when he consecrated her as spiritual teacher and spiritual leader of the meditation community. In 2014, he consecrated her as Swami and asked her to carry on his lineage in the teaching of Kriya Yoga. As Juniper Ellis, she is professor of English at Loyola University, where she teaches American literature and world literature written in English. She earned her PhD at Vanderbilt University. She has held Fulbright grants in New Zealand and Germany and other national awards, including an Andrew W. Mellon Fellowship and an NEH grant. Her book, Tattooing the World, Pacific Designs in Print and Skin, was published by Columbia University Press. Her scholarly articles have appeared in respected journals in many English-speaking countries. 
Her teaching helps listeners and readers connect with the reality of love, wisdom, liberation, joy, harmony, and kindness. People who meditate with her find Swami Nityanda practices a selfless way of living in the world that asks, how may I be of service? And models through open-hearted, generous, and effervescent guidance. A path for us all to recognize our own inherent divine qualities and to see the same in everyone. Meet Swami Nityanda at awakeyogameditation.org. Here's the interview with Swami Nityanda. In your own words, who is Swami Nityananda? Swami Nityananda is the name my meditation teacher gave me. And I think that he would have translated it as the bliss of one who loves the eternal. And so that's the joy of the infinite. It is the joy of being in love with the life energy, life itself, the energy that brings all of us here. Uh, We all born here, not all of us, but most of us, and we kind of lose touch with that reality of who we are. So how did you return to it? That's a really good question. So, I mean, I'll just begin by saying it's funny to start with that question because in the yogic tradition, um, of which I am a part, usually it's not super common to talk about biography. And Mm. the reason for that is because of not wanting to put an emphasis on the personality of the teacher And having said that, I'm super happy to talk with you. (laughs) Oh, good. um, Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll just just share. Like, I was born in Washington State and um, kind of like the northeast corner of the state. And I grew up, that's the area of the state where there's all sorts of, like, lakes and mountains and evergreens. And it's a really rural area. And so I grew up really connected to the natural world and almost like with a felt sense of the way my body and every human body is an extension of the energy of the natural world and vice versa. The way there's this constant interplay between humans and the environment and the environment and humans. Um, And it's kind of inescapable. Like when you grow up in a beautiful place, um, also a place where there are not a ton of other humans around, um, I think it's it's part of the joy. And then it's also maybe almost like a necessity to be in contact Mm -hmm. with the energy of the natural world. So that was from my earliest memories, like a part of my awareness. So listening to you, what comes to me is, is it something that not all of us experience this life this way? And from the very beginning, in my case, there was a lot of confusion, pain and abuse. And I always tried to, throughout my life, kind of find clarity and understanding for what had happened. It wasn't what in the past, but it was still within me somehow, the mind and body, both were affected. So I guess the question is, is that something that can be explained by karma following that logic? Or in my case, which I don't accept the idea of Maya, I see this as a as a dream. <laughs> and hopefully I'm not trying to make the my own human experience less painful or not acknowledge that, which is not the case. Is that something that we can explain through the ideas of karma? So I think that one of the things that I find most helpful is to not create concepts 
and to invite every individual to explore directly for themselves. So if you don't mind, I mean, I would love to just have a dialogue with you about that. So what about looking at yourself as you are always a, a being of limitless light, always. Like in your eternal expanded awareness, you are a being of limitless light. And then in this particular journey through time and space, you are this amazing expression of your eternal beingness known as Valeria, if I'm pronouncing your name properly. And as this human who is so beautiful and is who, who is so strong, but who is also so tender and vulnerable, as all humans are, part of your journey has been this experience that you described as pain or that you described as trauma or abuse. And so then the question is, how can we connect with the limitless light and that energy of compassion and awareness and healing in a way that allows us to embrace the aspects of ourselves that do journey through time and space and do experience anguish and heartbreak and immense human pain. And so this is something that is available to all of us and it's available right now. Like it's available in this now moment. So in this now moment, your heart, I mean, like I'm just talking to you for the first time, but your heart energy is so strong. Like it's so beautiful. It's so warm and bright. And so for you to connect with your heart energy and then to allow that to pour into the aspects of yourself that do still carry, I think you're absolutely right. Trauma is carried in the body and we have the capacity to heal it. Like right here and right now, each of us has the capacity to heal it. And so sort of... I think I prefer to set aside the idea of karma the way that it's usually understood because that suggests almost like blame. And I don't think that that's particularly healthy. Mm -hmm. I agree. <laughs> um, but to just simply mm -hmm. say, like, I'm an eternal being of light. This was an experience that I had as a human. How can I connect with eternal light in a way that is compassionate and joyful for myself? And then another thing that I would say is that very often, tell me if this is true for you, when we allow the energy of compassion and understanding and healing and light to connect with those aspects of ourselves that have carried pain, we often discover immeasurable spiritual gifts. And so as we bring healing to those areas of our being that have felt that hurt and that pain, we're able to then share spontaneously and naturally right in our lives, right where we are, spiritual treasures of understanding and compassion and good humor and forgiveness that would otherwise never be available to us. One of my challenges as a human being, <laughs> I'll never get in this reality, is kind of practicing compassion in a sense of not trying to change people around me who are still suffering, holding on to their suffering and pain of the past. So how do we learn to be compassionate at the same time? Letting what is just be, <laughs> if it is pain, like in my case, it has been the case. And, and now I have, I'm so uh, free from it that, that I, I still feel that it's here, but it has been embraced or has been dissolved, but it's still a memory in a way. Mm. But for others, it's very strong and obvious because it's very close to me, to the body. So how do we learn to balance uh, as a practice 
practice and compassion, a sense of feeling what we feel and trying to help the way we can, but at the same time, letting the pain be in the other. You are so wise to observe that. Like, I absolutely love the way that you phrased that. And I would agree with you. I mean, I think that a sort of open-hearted understanding awareness and remaining open-hearted and non-judgmental. So when we have that open-heartedness, um, what will happen is that we will be able to be connected with calm and strength and kindness and peace and the energy of healing and joy within ourselves. And silently, that actually shares through us in whatever way is possible to share with the human who is right in front of us. And so for some humans, I mean, I'm sure you notice this, for some humans, it's possible to actually put it into words and to say it like very directly. And then for some, it's like a smile yeah. <laughs> that allows us yes. to share that energy of kindness and truth. Or for some, we might be inspired to make an appropriate joke <laughs> that yeah. helps them laugh and yeah. can kind of like break <laughs> the cycle of pain um, and allow that to melt away. And then another thing is just to sort of trust that the light is equally present within the other, even if they're not able to access it. And so that gives us sort of the ability to be patient as many times as it takes to be patient, knowing that this is something that we can make available and make present by living it, by being it. And you actually kind of mentioned that, like you, from your position of having healed, then what's present in you, I mean, you didn't use this word, I don't think, but it's almost like there are just traces or there are subtle, yes. yeah. subtle remnants of it. Yeah. Um, and so that those subtle traces or those remnants can actually bring you inspired awareness and understanding and good humor and kindness that then you can share in the most appropriate and helpful and healing ways, knowing that everyone responds when and as they're able. I do have another question for you about the soul. You mentioned um, that as well. In the book, you say, oh, I had so many other questions before that, but let me see. Yeah, you said, this is within the context of um, speaking of awakeness and being awake um, beautifully. I love the way the words are put together, are just dancing together in your book. And I have to mention the name of the book before that even, Awake, the Yoga of Pure Awareness. There you say something interesting. Your soul is pure light before you come into the body, before you come into this particular lifetime. And you said more than that. So you mentioned the soul and this, as you said earlier too, consciousness, awareness, just being everything. Isn't that another story, Swami? When I remember holding on to these ideas, perhaps I, I had made mistakes before and now I came into the new body and now uh, all these, the karma and the bad things I had done are just are coming to um, manifestation. But then I, I chose to let go of all that. And then there's no stories anymore. And that's funny when I hear the soul, the idea of soul. So I'd love to, to hear from you. What is your understanding from the perspective of, if I can pronounce the name of the teachings? Tathagata Garbha Sutra. Yes, yeah. from the perspective in Advaita Vedanta as well. I agree with you. We don't want to present the idea of soul 
to create a concept or to create a story or to create distance. And so, right. if you will, let's play with this. Yes. And so, the yeah. what is meant by the word soul is not a concept. And it is, if you just give yourself permission right now to feel the energy of aliveness within yourself. And so, there's almost like a tingle or an electricity or a hum or <laughs> yes. a frequency or a vibration, like your signature energy, so that when you walk into a room, your friend knows you've walked into the room, even if they don't hear you, <laughs> they can feel that energy of you. So, that's what, that's what is being pointed toward by that particular word. Um, but I agree with you. Like, let's not create um, concepts and let's not create stories. And so the teachings in Awake, the Yoga of Pure Awareness, are invitations to encounter that direct energy within yourself and to realize very, very um, immediately and palpably the way that your life energy, and this is true for every single human, is intimately, intricately connected with all of the life energy in the universe. And so just to feel the way that you are supported, you are interwoven with all of existence. And so this is very simple. It's the earth beneath your feet and the sky above you and the trees and the air and the breeze and the birds and the way that the wind brushes across your cheek and the way that you look out through your eyes and you're able to perceive uniquely in an unprecedented way. Like, so the way the light perceives through you is completely unique, absolutely unprecedented. And every moment it's new and it's fresh and it's bright and it's vital, it's vivid, it's alive. And so when we live with that direct felt connectedness, what happens then is we lose the feeling of being cut off. We lose the feeling of being limited or isolated. We lose the feeling of being judged or compared. And also, you might notice when we're connected with that direct felt awareness of awake energy, that past pain sort of also is not present. Like it just doesn't arrive. There's just this vivid, fresh outpouring of pure creative energy, and that will express through you in a way that it can only express through you. And so it's just complete joy to be in contact with that energy and to use all of the hard-earned wisdom and awareness that we've gained through our painful and lovely and wonderful human experiences in order to share that life energy in the highest and best and most brilliant inspired ways that we all possibly can. With that in mind, the question that comes to me I have been dancing with for so long is, is that a practice, a weakness? It doesn't feel like a practice because who we are or what we are, but sometimes it feels like we have to practice in order to be in touch with it. Uh, so talk to me about that. <laughs> well, first of all, just your observation is very well stated. Um, so it might be said that it is a practice so long as it needs to be a practice. So until that point where we are established in that continually and ongoingly, then it's a practice. And so seated meditation practice can be an immense benefit. And this is something that's direct, it's accessible, it's available in everyday life. Um, so seated meditation practice for 20 minutes in the morning, for example, um, can 
can produce a sense of calm and a sense of connectedness to this energy of awakeness that then carries you throughout the rest of your day. So that in your conversations and your relationships and your tasks and your work and your neighborhood and your exercise, like if you're cooking or you're creating, whatever it is that is allowing life energy to flow through you and to share itself in the best ways possible, that will be infused with this dynamic, vivid, inspired energy that comes from beyond the body. So it's larger than the individual body-mind. And so we're when we're connected in that way, we make connections with other humans that would otherwise never happen. And we're able to speak from that sort of calm, good-humored, free light within mm-hmm. ourselves <laughs> yeah. and connect with that same energy of awareness in others in ways that transcend human divisions and judgments and the illusions of separateness. So we're able to speak from a place of non-ego to a place of non-ego. And so solutions and cooperation and harmony arise in our workplaces, in our families, within ourselves, in our own relationship to ourselves that otherwise wouldn't be present and, and available. But I do think you're absolutely right. Like what happens eventually is moment to moment awareness, like living in a stream of gladness, living in a stream of abundance, living in a stream of joy. And that is our actual natural state of being. So what what fabulous joy mm-hmm. to be able to celebrate that. I know. Uh, it sounds like listening to you, <laughs> your voice and the way you speak about it. It's just, it brings that in me, <laughs> that beautiful space that's spaceless just becomes more evident uh, to the mind and body. So I love the way you answered that question as long as it, it is needed. So it is a practice, but temporarily. But it feels like it might be for a lifetime. <laughs> the more I, I see these um the dynamics of the body and the mind, it's so, uh, I mean, it's interesting to observe, but then it's also fun to engage with it, not attached to it, but engage with everything that's happening uh, here. And then sometimes it's almost like inevitable to forget. And I, I, I have this experience of just forgetting that, uh, that freedom and then going back to being limited, feeling limited. So that's interesting to see. And I wonder, do you still practice? (laughs) I guess that's my question. Do you still engage in practices to maintain that direct contact because you are it? To manifest more of it, to color your reality more with that pure awareness. Thank you for your spiritual honesty and the way that you name. Like you name what's not nameable. So thank you. It's such a joy. And yes, I mean, I meditate. And what my teacher taught, so my teacher founded our meditation community. We're awake yoga meditation and we're in Baltimore, Maryland, geographically. Um, People join us from around the country on Zoom and YouTube. And he founded the meditation community in the mid-1970s and taught for almost 40 years in the meditation community. He taught Kriya Yoga and he taught yoga philosophy, and he taught Advaita Vedanta, teachings of non-dual awareness in the yogic tradition. And he said, it is the practice of a lifetime, and you keep meditating, like you keep meditating for your lifetime. Um, He taught that the Buddha kept meditating after realizing Mm -hmm, nirvana, and that it's just part of being in a body, that as long as we're in a body, we get to practice taking care of a body, 
And as long as we have a human mind, we get to practice taking care of our mind. As long as we have energy, we get to practice taking care of our energy. And so he was an absolute meditation master and genius. And he was also very honest. And he said publicly toward the end of his time in embodiment that the energy patterns that are here with us in human form, they stay with us as long as we are here in human form. They become increasingly subtle. So you mentioned that as well. So we do get to heal sort of like the the gross pain <laughs> that we have experienced as part of our human journey. But there might be like trace um, residue that remains. And he was very honest about acknowledging that that was still present. Um, as a master, like as a fully self-realized master, and I'm forever grateful to him for it. He also was very honest about acknowledging that it is possible to experience a moment of self-separateness. And so then if you do to just be open-hearted for yourself, non-judgmental for yourself, and come back into the stream of pure awareness, the stream of limitless light and compassion and love, and to understand and appreciate that that helps you rejoice even more being in that stream of pure awareness as well. So another thing that he taught was that vigilance remains a requirement. So as long as we're here in the body, we get to pay attention and we get to choose wisely and joyfully what produces what's highest and best for ourselves and also has effects that are positive and healing for other people as well. Um, and these teachings, I mean, they're named and acknowledged pretty explicitly in the yogic tradition. So in the Bhagavad Gita, it's, it's a teaching that's very honest. It says, if you want to be a happy human, um, practice non-attachment and the non-arising of anger, withstand attachment and withstand anger and do it up until the very moment you leave the body. So as long as there is an impulse, if there is an impulse toward attachment or anger, that means we get to choose not to engage with that impulse and not to judge, right? <laughs> so that helps as well. If you don't judge and you just say, oh, interesting, and I'm choosing not to engage in attachment and anger. And that's when one, the Buddha also is very honest about this as well. The Buddha says, that we are to tame ourselves. And that's when we are happy. <laughs> when, mm, we, right. when we tame ourselves. <laughs> Not about mm. taming another. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Imposing our will on another. <laughs> right. We're only to tame ourselves, to be sovereign uh -huh. over ourselves. Um, I don't meditate as much anymore. I mean, I do a lot of uh, listening. I mean, I'd love for you to talk a bit more about the, how the meditations are they are, um, uh, let's say, practiced within your teachings and your center. Listening to you, to me, is a form of meditation. That's lovely of you. Yeah, some people have different concepts of what meditation is, so I'd love to hear more about that. So, I mean, first of all, I just want to respect and honor your observation that for you, it sounds like you are able to connect with the energy of awareness and the energy of beingness and that you do that very directly. And so I think one of the things that I would acknowledge is I do teach meditation techniques 
And I also really respect and honor some people are able to close their eyes and go directly to stillness and be directly in contact with awareness, with that energy of awakeness. And so if that's you, that is absolute perfection (laughs) and is to be honored and celebrated. Mm. And then for some people, it's really, really helpful to practice both individually and in community. And so one of the things that I absolutely love about awake yoga meditation is that we gather for in-person meditations and there's such joy in meditating in community. And so one of the things that Thich Nhat Hanh says is that it's a miracle to meditate in community. And there is such joy to that. And probably like you've observed, when engaged in a seated meditation practice, it's possible to immediately come into contact with harmony and with a sense of poise and a sense of balance, a sense of calm and quiet within oneself. And from that, there's almost like a spontaneous arising of joy and of inspiration. And so to be in a room with other beautiful humans and to have that sort of energy of trust and connection and caring and community and to be amplifying that energy in ourselves for ourselves and for the community. And then also that energy goes out beyond us and it comes, everyone that we come into contact with is then going to be a beneficiary of that energy and of that practice. And so that's, that's one of the things that I just really enjoy about awake yoga meditation is the incredible humans who gather Hmm. to meditate, who share Hmm. so beautifully, so generously of their own light and their own presence and their own dedication and caring and generosity. Um, And just to have like that, that sense of humans uh, cooperating in their highest and their best selves. Like it's truly beautiful to see that in time and space. Um, So we share meditations every time we meet and we meet in person on Sunday. We also broadcast on YouTube and Zoom on Sundays. And then on Tuesdays and Fridays, we broadcast on Zoom and on YouTube as well. And so we have very accessible meditations throughout the week. We also share workshops. Um, we share e-courses. We have a bliss blog online at awakeyogameditation.org. Um, we have publications. So most recently, the book that you've been mentioning is Awake, the Yoga of Pure Awareness. And one of the things that people have said about that book it's really recently published, but early readers have said about that book is that it just reminds them that these truths and these realities are so present and accessible, like right where we are in our human bodies, in our human hearts, in our human minds, in our relationships and our tasks and our workplaces, everywhere that we are, these teachings and these realities of truth and freedom and joy are present and they're available. Um, and then I also... I'll just mention in closing, I teach um, Kriya Yoga, which is a particular technique of meditation that has been passed down um, through the line of teachers. So uh, my teacher was Swami Shankarananda, who founded the meditation community, Awake Yoga Meditation in Baltimore. His teacher was Swami Premananda, who was of the Self-Revelation Church. And then his teacher was Paramahansa Yogananda of the Self-Realization Fellowship. And so all of these organizations are independent of one another. And we also adore and celebrate and honor all of the teachers. So another question I had had to have is I noticed that you use the word awakeness um, instead of um, awakened or awakening. So I was wondering why. 
So I think that is, so one of the things that I will just say is that the book, um, Awake the Yoga of Pure Awareness is based on meditation talks that were shared and meditations that were shared in community. And so there's a very vivid, um, bright sort of energy of call and response, if that makes sense. That What that means is like that the meditations arise in response to direct human questions and direct human feelings and emotions and needs. And so they, they pour forth and they respond to those heartfelt intentions and questions and passions and purposes of the human heart. And so awakeness, like as a word, is intended to not create a concept. It's intended to help it be felt as a direct energy, like a direct presence that is beyond a word and is very immediate. And so we're actually inviting ourselves like throughout the book, the the teachings and the meditations and the talks and the stories invite us and allow us to feel the energy of awakeness. So it's present in our bodies and it's present in the sutras. It's present in those verses. And then as we connect with that energy in our bodies, we also connect with that energy in our hearts. And some of the readers of this book, Awake the Yoga of Peer Awareness, have talked about how healing the, the book and the meditations are to human heart, human emotions, human the human journey. Um, and then it also can help us heal, like if there are any patterns of thinking that are non-beneficial so that we find ourselves going in loops or judging ourselves or allowing, I think you alluded to it earlier, but allowing there to be past pain that we're carrying into our present in a way that isn't helpful so that we can right now in this moment radiate healing and understanding to the yes. past in a way that changes the present and mm. makes new futures possible. That's exactly it. <laughs> That's what I felt reading, going through the book. That's exactly what I felt. I remember uh, I was in the middle of the book reading and then my husband came and then I felt like just going downstairs and give him a hug <laughs> immediately. So that was like this energy of love just was so Yay. powerful. Yes. So, so true. And it was an experience and it still is, of course, listening to you brings back this feeling of joy, of uh, mm, expansion. Ah, no words even. It's just I want to stay here and just not even say anything. And just, um, yeah, it's stillness. Still, isn't that interesting, Swami, that is stillness movement at the same time. <laughs> you are so eloquent about uh, it. I absolutely love it. And I'm, I'm giving you a hug and through uh, you a hug right. to your husband as well. Yes. <laughs> so I, I agree uh, with you. And I would say, I mean, just out of mm. absolute tribute to my teacher, Swami Shankarananda, he just had so much heart energy. And that doesn't go away. Right. And so it's here. Right. And so ah, we're, yes, we're all here. the beneficiaries <laughs> of all of his heart energy and just of his joy and, and brightness and warmth and light. And so I'm definitely the beneficiary of that. And I think you're absolutely right. Like anyone who meditates with us, anyone who encounters the book, Awake Yoga of Pure Awareness, there's a lot of really warm, bright 
glad heart energy. And it's just beautiful. It's such a joy. Yeah, it is. It really, really is. So I'll have the link of the book on your podcast profile and of course the website too. We're almost at the end, but before we go for today, I would love to hear about the cover. I know there's a, there's a meaning behind the cover, the images. So the plant and then the, the birds, I think they have a name, but the, there are some birds um, coming into formation, beautiful formation of, to me, infinity union. So yeah, I would love to hear more about that too, those symbolisms. Absolutely. So on the front cover of the book is a beautiful plant that is unfurling and, and it's sort of sharing its heart. So it's unfurling into the light. It's just becoming fully open. And this is making visible the process that each of us is invited to enjoy. And you were just mentioning this process, like that's that spontaneous warmth and that reaching out in affection and caring and generosity and kindness that you mentioned and realizing that each of us is embraced, like each of us is completely unconditionally cherished by the energy of life itself. And that plant unfurling makes that visible. So it's sort of like opening and sharing its heart and opening to receive the light fully, opening fully to be itself. And there's a beauty and a preciousness and a directionality to that unfoldment and unfurling. And each of us is invited to do this, to be this, to live this as ourselves like recognizing that your heart energy, which shares so perfectly through you, it's only able to share through you. And so how remarkable is that for you to be in contact with that? And then on the back cover, there's a beautiful image of swans flying in formation. And so one of the things that happens as we come into contact with this energy of just pure, unconditional love, like universal, pure-hearted awareness and kindness and caring and joy and laughter and gladness, that allows us to work harmoniously and magnificently with other humans and in a way that would otherwise not be possible. So it allows us to move beyond any limitations, any judgments, any restrictions, any sort of like personality-based limitations. And it allows us to connect with that beauty and that light and that aliveness and with what is highest and best in ourselves and with others. And then what we create cannot even be imagined. <laughs> like yes. There's no limits to what we create when we're connecting with that individually. And then we're also connecting that in community with other humans. And the planet transforms as we connect with that energy. Our individual lives and families and relationships and workplaces and neighborhoods and communities transform, but also the structures that humans create transform and they become more visibly this energy of, you could call it the kingdom of heaven within us, the kingdom of heaven among us, just that energy of harmony and gladness and generosity and cooperation and beauty and delight dancing through time and space together. Yes, together. Ah, that sounds like a, a dream that I try not to hold on to the idea of transforming this uh, earth into this uh, beautiful, harmonic dance stage. But 
It's a beautiful one, isn't it, to contemplate. I love thinking about that often. <laughs> That's another kind of meditation, I guess. So I would actually say that you're doing it, though. Ah, <laughs> like, really? important to acknowledge that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, so every time. <laughs> so you individually, like through what you share, like out of sharing your joy and your purpose and your passion and your curiosity, like you make that present and available in your own life, but also everyone that you encounter and through your podcast is touched by that energy and it becomes more possible and more present and more visible. I love listening to that too, in a way, something in me, because we tend to to hold ideas that we are too small to touch something that's that large, which is ironically <laughs> we are, but something maybe the small conditioned parts of me are like dancing here now, listening to you. So thank you for that. <laughs> Being this mother, I see, uh, I can hear the, the voice of, of divine mother, um, yeah kind of educating the, the, the children in here. So thank you for that too. I mean, everything you do, it's just, I mean, who you are, what it, the way you express yourself. I can't see you, but it just, um, I mean, I'm just like almost like jumping around, moving a lot with the body, almost like a child. So it's kind of fascinating. Thank you uh, for being open to life itself, but beyond even life itself, to what we call pure awareness, which I I really try to leave that nameless. <laughs> I love Advaita Vedanta, and I'm always listening. Consciousness, pure consciousness, and all these words. And, but I, I notice when I just let it be, um, let it be nameless, labelless, just thoughtless, <laughs> that's when the body and the mind, they, in that moment, they become free. There's just that. You expressed it perfectly. So elegant and, and wise. <laughs> <laughs> so before we say goodbye for today, I'd love for you to read that. A part of, there's a section in your book that stopped me. Perhaps the audience will appreciate this very much as well. So I don't have the page here. So I'll send it to you so I'm here on Skype. So let me see. Hopefully it's not too small. Perfect. Thank you. Keep standing on the precipice of new awareness, saying, Divine Grace, show me the truth. Show me reality. Show me yourself. Reveal yourself to me. I let go of everything that I think I know. I let go of everything I think I understand. I let go of all my old stories about myself and other people. I am willing to see with fresh eyes again and again and again, 40,000 times mm -hmm. a day and 40,000 times tomorrow and ongoingly. Yes, beautiful. The, uh, the 40,000 times kind of made me giggle and laugh a little bit because we have so many thoughts, right, throughout the day and the, most of them are... Um, they just repeat itself. So that's such a beautiful invitation to change them in a sense, shift those thoughts with this contemplative kind of phrases and reminders. So that's a beautiful invitation. That's what came to me for the um, perhaps the unhealed conditioned parts in the mind. That was like really powerful. So thank you so much again, Swami, for reading this, for speaking in this way. Thank you. It's an absolute joy. Thank you for being who you are and doing what you do. Thank you. So before we say goodbye, I do have um, 
one more question. I'll ask you this um, open question and then the technical one. So if there is one, one message or one phrase you wish everyone who listened to this conversation to take with them and repeat forever and ever, what would that be? I think very simply trust the goodness of awareness within yourself. Ah, trust. That's funny you say that because trust is a big one. It's a big word for me, concept, idea that really resonates. So thank you for reading the mind <laughs> in this moment. Yeah, trust. And um, before I ask you the technical question, I want to thank you again from my heart for you being open to life itself and being open to ask the questions and answer them and then to pass on the insights that you have gained from all the work and the training that you have done and you still do. Thank you so much for being honest, uh, for being beautiful, <laughs> for being divine in, in a human form. Thank you so much. And thank you for being the same. It's magnificent. And before we say goodbye again, where can we find more information about you, the book, the meditation, the schedule for the meditations that you host, and then also future projects? So I would encourage anyone who's interested to visit awakeyogameditation.org and you can find more about how to join us uh, for in-person meditations, for online meditations. You can find out about our Zoom and our YouTube options for connecting with our meditations. We have e-courses online. We have workshops. Uh, we do satsangs where people can ask and enjoy spiritual questions being answered. Um, and again, we meditate in person on Sundays in Baltimore. And then people also join us across the country on Zoom and YouTube. And we also meditate on Tuesdays and Fridays online. And people join us again from wherever they are geographically. And it's just a joy to invite everyone to benefit. We have many books and resources on awakeyogameditation.org. Wonderful. I'll have those links on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again for your presence, Swami. And we'll talk soon. Bye for Thank now. you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Swami Nityanda and her work, please visit awakeyogameditation.org. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.